five, four, three, two, one. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Wine Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Aya. I'm Finn. And I'm Mario. And I'm Avery. As you can tell, or I guess if you're watching the video instead of just listening to the audio, we're all in one room for the first time. Well, the four out of the five of us. We missed Jess. She couldn't make it today because of um, for reasons. But we're here at my house in Long Beach. And before anyone says anything, we have all been COVID tested, negative, and I am vaccinated. So, hey guys, how's you guys' weekend so far? How's it been staying here at my house? <laughs> it's uh, been pretty chill. It's been a while because the last time I was at Aya's place, it was about a year ago, right before everything started. It was nice to see the dogs again. It's, <laughs> it's kind of weird because we're not we're not used to seeing each other like in person. Like it's kind of like we have to deal with like the like the lag and like discord and like having to like who's gonna talk who's gonna talk right <laughs> we can actually see each other all at once yeah, yeah. yeah together again. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he talks part two but yeah i mean like i can't remember the last time i was at your house i don't know if it was like when covid started i think or it was like during 2019 i have no idea but like it's been crazy just like social interaction if not from like the screen anymore mm-hmm. it's uh, we're all here in person like it's it's different but yeah. it's nice i've missed it <laughs> uh, for me it's like yeah it's been o- almost a year since the last time i was here so it's kind of nice to see this house for probably like my fourth time in general that i've came by your house yes. i've had a lot yes, of instances <laughs> it's been a lot of instances where i've just kind of been in the area i was just like yeah i'm gonna come by ice place <laughs> so <laughs> i'm pretty familiar with the place but it feels kind of nice knowing that um, I could come back here one more time, you know? Yeah. Enjoy the vibes. Why were you here all the time, so? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean, you know, since I has been healing, I've been here almost every two weeks or so. Every two weeks, at least yeah. once a month. Yeah, at least once a month. Uh, I try to come down every two weeks. So um, we've been kind of just discussing this topic, of, like, Throughout this whole time that we've had this podcast and even before, it's come up in conversation a lot, especially with our friend podcast, which is the Vibe Theory on our audience, or my audience, Twitch. I am Joshy Joshy, the Vibe Theory with Finn and Kevin. We've we've asked their cast and stuff to, like, about talk, uh, toxic masculinity, how it plays into other parts of their life, especially, like, relationships, how they go after a girl, modern-day romance how they deal with, like, familial kind of, like, situations or, like, all those things. So, for those who aren't really, like, aware, does anyone want to give, like, a kind of, like, a general definition of what toxic masculinity is? Yes, I can. Yes, because he's a teacher. definition of how I teach it. So, um, at least, I forgot where I got this definition from. I'm pretty sure it might be, like, the Oxford Dictionary or something. Actually, I don't really know if toxic masculinity is a confirmed, like, dictionary word but I have it as a term that describes narrow repressive types of ideas about the male gender role that defines masculinity as exaggerated masculine traits like being violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, and so forth. Also suggests that men who act too emotional or maybe aren't violent enough or do not do all the things that quote unquote real men do. Off the top of your head, what are like some examples of like what toxic masculinity is? Or I don't know. Um, yeah, just like 
sort of an example. One that's like coming off the top of my head is probably like how men don't have to deal with the dangers of like being outside compared to most women. Yeah. I mean there's less that men have to like look out for in terms of their own safety versus like women. And then a lot of men just don't get that. It's like, oh, but like I do this and this and this. Like me too. It's like, well, I have to fear for my life like every single day from leaving my house to going to my car, going to the store, whatever. I think, like, the difference between those two, though, is looking at, like, you're not wrong. It's just there's a, there's the male privilege that doesn't have to worry about that. But then the part that you mentioned after, which was, um, why don't you just do this, this, and that, that, I think, is what the toxic masculinity is, the action of a man going out of his way to be like, no, you're wrong. And I could be even doing that right now. You know, I'm, I'm like, in, in a sense, for those that are listening or watching, what I just did could have been mansplaining. And I think that's yes. also another version of toxic masculinity. Yeah. It's, I think it's like the act more so than the, the privileged sense of what you were describing, which it, I think falls in part of it, but then at least that's just to, to my understanding because toxic masculinity is something that's new to me. I don't even know where I heard it from. Uh, I think it might have been taught to me from when I was interning as a teacher, and I was like, oh, I never knew about that. And I'm still reflecting on what ways that I can undo, like even if it's like not by the definition of what toxic masculinity is, but there's so many subtle things that I think men just have to unlearn or learn because they don't know for what you said, like with those privileges. And we'll get into those anecdotes later. Like five. Actually harassed just like walking down the street, like at some point and you could be wearing like sweats you could be wearing a dress if you want to you could be wearing jeans it'll happen to you and a lot of the times when it does happen the blame immediately goes to the woman because they'll say like you know you're giving in to like these male urges for example but like they won't even consider let's say like the woman like you know what if i wanted to wear that when you say stuff like that i feel like it just objectifies the woman even more to where like it continues to like cater to the male gaze and to where it's like okay so does that mean like every time I go out I have to think about how specifically men are gonna look at me rather than like what you know I want to wear I would say an example for two examples that come to the top of my head one is uh, sexual activity unprotected sex a guy just kind of doesn't think about pulling out or using some type of protection and just tells you, you know, fuck it, take a plan B, not my issue, you know? And then another thing that I can think of at the top of my head is uh, the same way how guys, like, try to show off that they're pretty uh, unemotional and they don't really care. So, like, especially when arguing with, like, a female or another another woman, they will try to, like, tell them what's bothering them. Mostly when girls try to go to people for advice, they're not, or not advice, they tell people about like how they're feeling and what they're going through. Nine times out of 10, they're not looking for advice. Uh, they're just looking for people to listen to. And usually some, some behavior that guys would do is just kind of go, okay, all right, that's it. You got more from me? Do I care? Probably not, but continue, you know, just kind of like making them feel like they got to talk to a wall at that point they are they will try to you know call them out saying like you're not even like helping and it's like okay man or just like not even respond to them just be like yeah you know screw you things like that apparently happen pretty often some examples off the top of my head thinking like well in relation to what Mario just said with consent just because what I was 
um, I'm teaching the book The Hate You Give, and there's a scene where the protagonist and her boyfriend, like, he's trying to have sex with her, and without saying anything, and they've already had a previous conversation on why she doesn't want to have sex, he brings out the condom. And he's just like, huh? And then she just loses her shit. Flash forwards to the present part of the story. So there's things like that. Boys just doing things without the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, it's like awareness of their actions, I guess, the way they act. And then just sexism in all its forms, whether it's in the workplace or between, I think I'm just thinking of work immediately, but I've had students who just speak out to, who just speak out against things, thinking that like the gender wage, the gender wage gap doesn't exist, or um, you asked for it, or hmm. based off of what you're wearing or what you're posting on social media, and that's coming from a boy who doesn't understand how you know any predatory actions are being taken towards any of the girl classmates. But you know, boys, I don't know if it's just different generations because they deal with social media in a way that we might not have in high school, but seeing that play out is very toxic. I think I mentioned it before with like theater and choir and other things like that may have been more identifiable as something that girls do in high school. And so I think that attributes to the hella gay kind of attitude that I was mentioning growing up. Is that a lot of boys when they see cheerleading, um, there, there are boy cheerleaders mm -hmm. at the school that I work at. It just so happens that some of the students are gay, but before they even come out or figure out their identity, they're already made fun of as being gay. And they feel ashamed for that. And I think that's toxic masculinity. How do, how do I go about doing it? I know teaching it is one thing, but it's hard for me, just being the adult, trying to enter that space. I can do my best to make sure that, yo, stop making fun of each other or stop doing this stuff. I don't, this is unacceptable in my classroom, but I can't control everything that happens amongst all the youth. Yeah, and it's, and like kind of flipping that where a guy sort of doing like a girl thing is seen as being hella gay, but when a girl, if another girl is doing something, it's fine. Or even it's encouraged because it's like, for, for a lot of like horny men, it's like, oh, like she's with a girl, like they're lesbians, they're like doing all this yeah. like sexual stuff. Two girls being together, not even in like a sexual sense, is still sexualized and it's looked like it's okay. But then when it's a guy and guy doing, or a guy doing something girly, that's still viewed as hella girly. I've like noticed where it's the same thing, but it's extensive now where like guys can be hella gay for each other, like homosexual type of thing. It's expected almost amongst like a group of your guy friends like you can act like super gay for to each other and it's it's fine but then when girls do it with each other and especially like there's like a like male audience not audience but like you know males around them then it's almost like guys are like oh they're like trying too hard to be like be like us like guys tend to like judge girls for trying like kind of doing the same things but then i don't know it's like we're seen as like tryhards or like you're really trying to like fit in with like the homies or whatever it's like it's like such a clear divide between how men can act with each other now and how girls can interact with each other when there's like a like male presence and it's i don't know it's weird like i've i've been in like some like fixed chats where it's like definitely like girls are like with each other talking to each other like like talking about the club and like talking about like being with each other at the club and then, like, guys will be immediately like, see, they're, like, trying too hard. They're trying to too hard to be like us. Mm. And I think 
you guys know what I'm talking about in in what this chat. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it it's specifically like one time where like that happened, and I was like, we're like that, like regardless if there's like a male audience or not. Like we're like that with each other because we're we're friends, and we're girls, and we can do that. But then when it's in front of like like guys that like talk to girls or trying to be like you guys, like no. Right. I've also noticed where it's just like you know, some girls they wanna like be you know very like expressive with each other sometimes or like you know they want to act like or play like flirt or whatnot and like to be honest some girls like are not as expressive in that way they're not into that and that's totally fine but i have noticed um if a girl let's say is not putting themselves out there as much guys will be very quick to be like oh she's really prissy or like she's really uptight or like oh she's not gonna have as much fun or whatnot but let's say, like, if a girl is more, like, expressive, you know, or even, like, if a girl is, like, more comfortable around, like, guy friends or something or amongst, like, a group of guys, if she's, like, not as afraid to, like, express her opinion, then they're probably going to give off the impression of, like, ah, oh, like, oh, she's probably a hoe, like, see her, like, talking with all of these guys and whatnot, or, like, or if they're, like, being confident around these girls, it's like, ah, oh, she's probably, like, into girls, you know, and it's just, like, you know, I feel like just how like, girls, like, present themselves still, like, it's still gonna be, like, sexualized, like, in a way, like, I feel like guys, like, nowadays, when they see, like, a confident woman, they don't, they feel like they're being confident for a certain acceptance from someone, rather than, like, no, I'm just, that's just who I am, like, that's just me, like, giving my opinion. Kind of piggybacking off of what you were talking about, Brent, it's more than just Twitch chats that you see this type of activity happen, because, like you said, there is this confidence of a woman that for some reason is just kind of like a threat to guys that feel that kind of toxic masculinity kind of trait. Uh, and as you see it at the gym, especially when girls are just there to, they're using the gym as just a way to heal themselves, to better their health, or just to feel more confident in their body. And guys will just kind of like think, oh, you know, she's probably doing this because she's just trying to get guys attention and then they'll take it the wrong way and then you see harassment in the gym and it won't even be provocative like it's just sometimes girls don't need to wear trainer clothing because apparently that's provocative some girls can even just wear oversized sweaters and hoodies and just you know hood and yoga pants and apparently that's already like oh she's just trying to show off like she's she's got a headset on she's listening to music she got a water bottle She's not even worried about her surroundings. I don't understand why people think they're inclined to have to come up to her and be like, let me get those weights for you. Or like, let me help you out. Let me spot you. And it's like, if they say no, just respect it. It's, it's a little weird when girls have to feel like they're being targeted by people at the gym when it's like everyone's just doing their own individual thing. And then even beyond the gym, you can even look at like, a work setting a girl may want to dress business attire or casual something nice to work and it doesn't necessarily always have to be a suit obviously there's a lot of different ways you can interpret ty- that type of attire and even guys will see that in the work setting as provocative clothing and for some reason that gets people to feel more inclined to like approach somebody because they seem more like oh they feel they seem like the easygoing type of person just because of the way they dress just the way they talk, the way they act. And, you know, the list goes on forever. But sometimes it's like guys within themselves should also kind of check their check their homies, check their friends, if they're in a group setting around girls. 
when they're doing when they're saying things or pulling things that really is just out of pocket because it's one thing for a girl to say no to them but if a guy is really not going to listen to that no it's going to really come down to those who's with that guy and they got to let him know like hey dude like you need to back off like this this isn't cool anymore like if you're gonna witness something happen and you know that it's wrong and you're just gonna stand back and stand by on what's happening but yeah i mean overall just like if you're not checking the people that are performing these acts you see it yourself like you're just as guilty as the person performing it yeah i have to agree with that like it's it's taken a long time because I'm, I'm a pretty just shy person and I'm, I'm very non-confrontational i'm already non-confrontational with my own students the example that i just described earlier it took me after that school year to be able to talk about those things about what i didn't do and how i can do it better next time and it's nice to see that oh. Oh. Ah. <laughs> first time in person nice <laughs> Everyone, take a sip of whatever you have at home. It's nice to see that, you know, I guess male or guy culture is changing in smaller ripples for, you know, outside of us two being here or other folks checking each other. But it needs to be more than that, right? You know, it was really cool to see, I think it was like a Twitter video of an all-women's gym. And I think there should be more of that so we don't deal with, you know, what Mario just described or what maybe either of you have experienced at the gym. Um, you know, the, and, like, yeah, I think you put it really well, like, the sexualization of just wearing workout clothes. Everybody wor wears workout clothes. Leave everybody else alone. Like, you're all at the gym for a certain purpose, but no. Our society is that way, like, whether you're wearing a business suit or something, like, you've like you two have mentioned in a previous episode. And Jess as well, like, when she wears her dance clothes, doesn't matter what you're wearing. I, I was thinking how guys in this day and age just need to get with the program and start thinking about when, like, women are, like, put off by them or they get called out for stuff. Just, like, one, like, take it in stride and then, two, reflect and, like, be introspective on why that happened and how, like, in what way your actions or what you said, like, induced that reaction. Because, like, I, it's so dumb. I think it's just, like, a natural thing kind of natural thing that people get defensive when they get called out on stuff but then you know, like guys like like all you have is your pride to be hurt from someone calling you out on your shit if like a woman's like you need to stop doing that or like that's toxic that's super misogynistic or like that's so male pr like that's so privileged of you to say as a male or something like that like just stop being defensive and just understand why it's being said and then, like you can have conversations about it and what and like how that was and why that is and like you all you have to do is ask like oh sorry what did i do so i like i know not to do that for future reference and also stop talking over people like or women when they're like explaining as to why it's like or don't necessarily argue like oh that's not you know uh, that wasn't my intent it's like also like intention doesn't oh, equal consequence exactly thank you here you go yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> further on okay it, intentions don't mean shit it's how it's received that's all i'm gonna say but also like what you're saying like mario i think it's really important for like guys and like their guy friends to keep each other in check and like how you're talking like i like 
I don't know if it's like a thing that can be fixed or it's just something if I don't know if I can be like annoyed about it I'm not sure but like I feel like let's say for example when I talk when talking about like toxic masculinity or talking about like catcalling or something it kind of bugs me that like a girl has to present her traumas or present like her problems to a guy for them to immediately be like oh now I feel bad oh now I realized I messed up and it's like why do you I feel like you know why does like the girl always have to present that problem for the guys to like finally be in tune with their emotions and like you know and like I've I, I don't know I think like I asked this question to like a couple of guys one time where it was like you know do you feel more comfortable talking with like your emotions with like your guy friends or your girlfriends and some of them said like they feel they feel more comfortable talking with their girlfriends just because like they just felt like with guys they they like either didn't know how to express it or it just like it just felt like not as like welcoming or like with girls it was just more like a natural thing and I don't I don't know how to feel about that because it's just like I feel like you should cre- keep creating that space for each other and like I f- at the same time like I feel like it shouldn't be like a woman's job to like get a man to get in touch with their emotional side and like it's just disheartening like for the girl to like present like her own problems to like help I guess like fix a guy on their emotional side or bring that out in them yeah and that I think and you two guys can talk about it more kind of like the uh, machismo mentality where men have like always felt that they can't express their um, emotions in a way that doesn't uh, emasculate them in any way mm-hmm. and I, g- I can understand ish like if you've grown in a family where that's like you can't you have to be the man in the relationship or the family or in everything that you do so the idea of like toxic mascul- masculinity or male privilege or misogyny isn't like something that you can define or spot straight away within your own actions i wanted to get your opinion on kind of like how that worked out uh well for me personally obviously uh, when i was when i was little i would always find like these like these jokes with i would have within friend groups like calling each other a little bitch or calling each other a pussy and it's like over little things something so small is like oh why are you doing that you're why are you being such a this you know and I kind of get that influence too when I play uh, with my, uh, like I play PlayStation with my close friends, and we would just be joking around with each other. So obviously there's no like malintent, but then it gets to a point where then we start talking about like, oh, especially with like TikTok, you know, specifically some somebody will just go off and listen to TikTok, and then they'll just be like talking about girls on TikTok that do certain dances or dress, you know, they cosplay. And, like, that's something they're, they're looking at, and then they're all judging. And then, like, I don't really get myself really involved in it because it's just like, okay, we get it. Like, you guys have an opinion, but it's not going to be an opinion where I don't want to be a part of. And then it's just like, oh, you don't think she's attractive? Like, what, are you gay? You know, it's like, I just, no, I just don't really have an opinion on that, dude, because it's like it's not really my place to really be uh, putting my two cents into shit like that. Or even, like, t- same thing, like, that machismo mentality which is just kind of like it goes back to not being expressive with emotion you can have a shit day i've actually gotten accustomed to having the homies uh regularly whenever we would meet up to ask like how we're doing like it's gotten better like hey how are you doing like we'll fuck we'll mess around be like oh how's your day what's up you know what's up bitch you know it's like how how your day been and you know be like oh it was whatever and it's like oh for real like what happened 
you know, kind of give a day to day like uh, update on each other. And it'd be like, okay, for sure. So then we kind of catch a vibe on like, okay, where are we at right now? Just so if we start pushing buttons, we know why exactly why somebody's gonna get easily offended than than somebody else. Over time, it's gotten better, but I know like five, six years ago when I was in high school, still, it was just kind of like ignored when you would say shit like that, and like it was funny to like get somebody to a point where they're so pissed off because you were triggered or offended by certain topics. And then, you know, you just had to deal with it. But now, especially with me and a lot of my close friends that, like, sit down with me and, like, talk to me, they know shit bothers me. And I tell them it bothers me. But I'm going to just tell them straight up that, you know, I don't think that's funny. Or I don't think that's it's not my word to be saying any opinions on, like, how girls look or what girls should do, what guys are doing, uh, what you should be listening to. Basically, like, giving you giving you an opinion on how you kind of interpret your own life. And it's like, I have my own interests. You have your own. If we don't collide on that, then that's fine. But if you're going to judge that based on whether or not I'm gay or I'm a bitch or I'm this or I'm that, then it's like, whoa, okay, now you sound like you're defensive about why I like different things compared to you. And... They know that I checked that on them, but is that going to stop them? Probably not because I'm just one person. They probably talk to hundreds of other people that definitely don't think that way. But they know that I just won't stand for very simple, stupid shit. And they think it's funny that I don't like it, but it doesn't faze me. They'll say something about what I like. I'm the one that already put my forefront in. Nobody else wants to say how they really feel. Because a lot of them, to be honest, in a group setting, they'll feel like the man. They'll feel, you know, empowered to be more confident, more prideful with each other. But I know deep down inside when I have one-on-ones with each and every one of these people, they're not that like that. It's like a group mentality. It's like a herd mentality. Okay, so you really wasn't like that. You were only like that so you didn't feel the same way I am when I express my differences. You wanted to be on their side, not because you agreed but because you didn't want to be on the lapping end. It's almost like, okay, but do you see how I'm doing? I'm clearly not offended. If they want to take it that way, then so be it. But everyone's different. And I think some guys need to understand that it's okay to not think what stereotypes should follow. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think a lot of my childhood was definitely like ignorance is bliss. And that's like a huge privilege on me you know it's almost as as bad as turning a blind eye you know just because i didn't know about certain things that people experienced but there was a lot of like what i just mentioned the, the hella gay stuff i think that's just growing up coming out of the 90s and being in school in the early 2000s it was just still a thing and now that i work with high school students a lot of students are just out i don't know to their families but at school it's just it's it's culture maybe it could be san francisco too but I had a lot of friends who got bullied for being gay. They got swirlied. They got made fun of. And it was hard to watch that. And I, and I didn't speak up because I didn't know how. And I didn't know that that was bad too. Sometimes I may have even participated in either making fun of them or talking behind their back just because it was weird to me. Uh, this is an experience of going K through 12 Catholic school where it's very, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know if it's conservative is the right word. Or this is at least the places that I was in uh, didn't really involve talk about sexuality because it really just looked at it as a sin. 
um, and kept it as you know strict to the Bible as it was. Um, and then I had I ended up having you know childhood friends meeting up in college in high school again, and they were still navigating their identity, but they're like, oh man, I have a crush on this guy. I'm like, oh wow, that's like, you know, I would talk to them as friends and try to walk them through it, but it's like, it's not like I could do anything. <laughs> I didn't understand what they were feeling. But I think being in touch with friends like that, I can probably count a lot of my guy friends on my fingers. So in that sense, like I'm fortunate enough to have grown up with family, with friends who didn't really like teach me that boys will be boys kind of thing. I have family members that, instilled in me like you need to be strong but not because you're a man it was more just like stop crying like that's just being weak and though that is toxic masculinity in that sense at least they didn't cover it with the lens of like no you need to stop crying because you need to be a man it was more just like just stop crying um because it's, it was a sign of weakness and that's still just as bad but you know i think a lot of unlearning that i have to do and just many boys and men in general how do you be more vulnerable with yourself like what mario was saying how do you open up how do you just talk to your guy friends and get them to release and teach them that. And I think with one of Aya's nieces, the way that they're raising their child right now is like social emotional learning, how to navigate her emotions. And if we could do that for all children, like I'm trying to imagine like what would that be like to teach a young boy that, to be able to handle himself at a young age, to not just throw a fit and not just, if you've seen that Gillette Super Bowl commercial, where it's like boys will be boys, boys will be boys. And by the end of the commercial, all the dads are like, no, this is wrong. We need to stop them and teach them differently right. so that they can stand up for others and stop fights and et cetera. Yeah, and when we're talking about how that boys will be boys thing, like I've had characteristic traits uh, specifically where I found myself more comfortable talking to the girls more than I would to the guys. Not necessarily because, you know, obviously their first assumption is like, oh, why are you always hanging out with girls more than the guys? Like, are you gay or something? Like, you know, that was kind of like the, 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 your first thought. It's like, nah, it's just, in my sense, I just feel like it's easier to talk to girls about things that I'm interested in because it feels more of kind of like a less judgment on their part. And if, even if I wasn't gay, then they're like, oh, so you're talking to these girls because you're trying to get at them. And I'm like, no, I just happen to actually be really friendly with these people. Like, I think girls and guys are all humans. And we all socially interact with each other in order to build friendships. So why is it different if a guy talks to a girl and they become friends? And or if even if a girl talks to a guy and becomes friends, or even if a girl and a girl or a guy and a guy, or even however you identify yourself, what what's the difference? It's just a person and a person creating a, a, a friendship or even a bond. It doesn't have to be sexually intended. It doesn't have to be with bad derogatory intentions i'm just making friends i'm just very open i like to talk to a lot of people and i just find it harder to relate to the guys more on that because it always seems like the guys think way more than the girls about some outer worldly shit over a simple interaction with the opposite sex it's like okay so i talk to a girl because she's cool and i kind of want to be her friend I don't, you don't see me trying to get her number. You don't see me try to, like, grab ass. You don't see me trying to, like, force myself onto them. Like, that's just not what I am. And you're wondering why I hang out with a group of, like, 10-plus girls, and you're the one, like, eyeing them from a distance. You know, obviously, we are not the same person because they don't look at me as, like, oh, this guy's trying to, you know, do one of us. That's not the intention at all. Literally, I'm just – I just so happen to be very mutual with 
a lot of girls and guys on the other hand they kind of look at interacting with girls as like body count it's not even like genuine it's like oh if you talk to a girl and you end up getting to that certain base that's a body count that's one and then they think it's cool to have a body count so then they keep doing it for two then three then four and then by the end of the day they're just like oh how many have you bagged at the end of the time and it's mostly between high schoolers obviously if you do this in college you're probably a bum but it mostly was high schoolers that was doing this stuff and like if you were the type of high schooler that counted your counted your chickens by how many girls you've slept with you know what that's on you but you also probably peaked so hopefully that hopefully you know whatever happened after that situation i hope you got your shit straight because thinking like that is not going to get you far in the real world if you're thinking that girls are only supposed to be there to be a number same way with how guys shouldn't think guys should listen to certain artists or play certain sports or study certain subjects a lot of guys think like oh yeah you know big you know bodybuilder shit got to get into you know physical training i want to be an athlete why are we going to like arts like no guy wants to study dance or want to be an artist or a creative designer what kind of guy likes shit like that it's girly it's pussy you know that's where that toxic masculinity comes back to and then you get those kind of influences in high school and it's really sad because i've seen it happen and i actually seen it throughout my time going to school I've seen guys that have been pestered about their interests and hobbies, and they end up doing something in college they don't even like. They're just doing it because they don't want to seem gay or seem feminine or seem not a guy, quote-unquote. And then by the time they're either halfway through it or they're almost done with their degree, they look back and go, wow, I really did this because somebody else told me that it was the way to go, but I don't even like it. Who really lost in this argument? The person telling you what to do in life or you following what they just said? So, like, if you listen to people's advice to an extent where you got to change your whole mindset purposely just to affiliate to a community that in a couple of years ain't going to give a shit about you, you're going to you're going through life the wrong way. You need to start taking your own path when it comes to even when it comes to yourself and your education, you need to take your own path. You should not let even family members tell you what is right or wrong and what you want to do in life because that's your life. And they may be in your life now, but they're not going to be in your life forever. So at the end of the day, you live your life because you're still there. Once you're gone, then whatever you just did is no longer relevant. But you can't let other people tell you how you should live that one life you got. You know what I find annoying? (laughs) Um, When dudes act hella hard for no reason. And I, like, know these dudes, and they're, like, the softest dudes I know. And I'm just like... (laughs) Who are you trying to impress? Like, <laughs> I don't know. And especially, like, maybe it's, it's with, like, dudes that they just meet. And, like, um, I don't know. The other dude gives, like, some sort of vibe that they're, like, all hard and shit. And it's, like, just, like, I like I know you. Like, not, I'm not going to, like, point out anyone. Because I know, like, a lot of guys who act that way. But, like, when you, like, first meet a dude and you're just, like, you know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how dudes act, but, like, you know, what's up? Like, you know, put up this front just so, like, they don't, like, seem, like, lesser than a, of a man. And it's, like, seeing that from, like, the outside in, it's, like, oh, that's that's a little weird. Like, <laughs> that's kind of toxic. Like, why why are you putting, like, now, like, this dude is going to, like, forever be ingrained. Like, if he remem- remembers you after that interaction, like, oh, this dude was, like, you know, so, like, 
hard or whatever. That sounds weird. Um, yeah, it's so, so hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, it's like girls can be the same way. Like, act like you know a bitch, or like act like super. I don't know how we all act because I don't have like categories for like how women act when they first meet each other. I'm I'm kind of like this when I first meet a girl or like someone else is like oh hi I'm you know or like you know if it's like a first setting it's like oh hi I'm like you know da 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 but like when dudes come together it's kind of like uh, it's such a it's such a like sausage fest it's like I can't <laughs> I can't like I can't keep up it's like but I can watch people like act and I'm like that's hella fake like it's kind of weird. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. And, like, going off of that, I think that a lot of girls kind of also have that internalized misogynistic, you know, experience. I think I was affected by it as well. I think just because, like, when I was little, like, I was a really emotional child. And so, like, I would feel everything. I would, like, cry over everything. But, like, my parents would always kind of, like, you know, ingrain in me kind of like a, you know, you can't, like, cry all the time. You know, you got to act tough. You know, and, like, my mom. I think I remember she would kind of say stuff that was like, you know, especially like as a woman, they're like, if you're going to be really emotional, if you're going to act like weak all the time, men are going to take advantage of that. And so that like, I don't know, that affected me a lot. So like growing up, like some of my friends that I've known since like elementary school can like attest to this. But like when I was like growing up as a little kid, like I was a little bitch. (laughs) Like I was just like, I had like no emotion or like I would just be mean to everybody. You know, I was so afraid to like show that like I cared a lot about like other things just because like I felt like I was going to immediately become like a target to be like manipulated like in some way, you know, and like it took me years to like eventually get comfortable with like how emotional I can be. But like I also in that process learned that like being open about your feelings and being vulnerable is one of the hardest things to do and that takes so much more courage than like acting hard all the time it honestly it was like the coward's way out you know and just like inviting someone into your emotions inviting someone into your space like that is like true courage like in my opinion real quickly um i will not lie though when i do get around with 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 the homies i will i will be funny and make fun of being all hard and shit because we all know where, uh, at least with the ones that I do that with, they know how far to take it. <laughs> so we can be joking and be like, yo, what's up, bitch? You know, like, yo, you just, what's up, bitch? And he's like, what's up, man? You ain't going, you like that. Yeah. What's up, bitch? <laughs> I'll literally be like that with, with like my, the other guy friends that I have. And then we'll just be like all in each other's face. Like, oh, you won't. Like, oh, you can. Like, ah, I will, you know. But then it gets personal, and then we're like, whoa, okay, okay, okay. Now now you're taking it far. Uh, like, it, it gets to a point where we're just being funny, and we're just like, you know, all like, oh, you know how hard like that, bro. Like, what's up, bro? What's up? And be like, hey, what's up? What's up? And then somebody's like, shut up. You're weak as fuck. You know, like, whoa, whoa. You mean that really? You mean that really? And then, you know, somebody's feelings get hurt. And then that's when that's when the joke becomes like it's you killed it because now you're actually taking what we should to say to heart when you should know we're t- saying this shit jokingly. And then, like, I, it's funny because guys don't know whether or not we're giving each other a joke or being serious with each other. But then, like, you flip the script and they talk into a girl and they say shit like that. And then the girl calls them out on it and then they get defensive. It it, it don't work both ways. It's, it's actually a two-way street. Yeah. 
I just wanted to say that because I I will put up a front just to be funny, but I don't mean it. I mean, yeah, when when it's like a joke, because I'm I'm like that, but like I kind of just do it to do it. Yeah. Like with with my friends or like with our group of friends or whatever, our like general thing is like, "Hey, what's up, bitch? What's up, bitch? bitch? Like, like even okay, when I called Avery." In the hospital for the first time. My, <laughs> my first, <laughs> my my first like thing like, and I'm like, I had just been extubated. I could barely talk. But like the first thing is like, I'm like on Facebook. I was like, hey, what's up, bitch? <laughs> and then they started crying, and I was like, oh god. Yeah, <laughs> oh god, he's having you right now, bitch. <laughs> 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 I was being yes, <laughs> I was. Not a little bitch. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's when it's a joke, like. And it's like, you know, y- you're around people who know the joke yeah. or are comfortable enough. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah. it's not you're not acting hard. You're being with your friends. Yeah. And, like, for it to be a joke, you have to, like, be that way, like, in the moment. But if you're going to act like that, like, literally, like, Outside forever, they're, <laughs> they're going to believe, like, that's your fucking lifestyle. So you can't get mad when people are like, you know, no one understands me. I'm sorry. Like, no one understands it. It's like, dude, that's because you put this front up literally for everybody, yeah. and that's like your f- their their first impression, and like that's gonna take a lot of time for people to get rid of their first impression of you. So so just be careful like what you present out there, you know. Yeah, and I think like I, I agree with Mario too. You know, if you put me in a, in a certain setting, I act a certain way with some people, especially if it's in the Bay Area, it's because I think it's a part of socializing yourself to realizing like, oh, I didn't grow up like the rest of these people. I came from Fremont, where it's quiet and the majority is like asian and not like east asian but a lot of like middle eastern asian and um you know i didn't grow up in oakland or i didn't grow up in the city or i didn't grow up anywhere that required you to be hard so that when you walk out on the street like you had to look at over your shoulder or you had to do certain things of course there are areas in the east bay that that do require you to do that but i was lucky enough that i didn't have to grow up that way so when talking to these people like i put up a front (laughs) i act like a different person or and, my, and what I like to think it is, depending on like what I had described earlier, when you're in a different setting, you code switch. If you're professional, if you're casual. And I've also noticed with some people when I meet them, and this is me kind of <laughs> being a little fucked up, but I'm like, you sound kind of stupid. So I need to not be the me that I know because it, it's just going to, you're just not going to talk to me. Not that I need you to talk to me, but if it's in like a party setting or something. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I know I have to create small talk. Uh, because I have nowhere else to go in this in this room, um, and I'm like, and the only person that I can talk to right now was the person that I was introduced to, and I kind of already don't like this guy, but I gotta do what I gotta. Yo, what's good, man? Hey, where are you from? And like, you just you know, you keep continuing the conversation. Um, it's not fun. Um, and like Bryn was saying, like I mean, it's it's so much easier to put up the front. Why not just be your true self? I think in maybe in those settings, in those party settings in college, you know, I just knew that I already didn't fit in, and so I was stuck at a if I was by myself and I wasn't around friends, okay, I need to, I need to try to fit in with all these people who grew up in, you know, the hard part of San Jose or Daly City or Oakland or whatever. And I'm, I'm a small Asian boy from Fremont, the so whatever <laughs> 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 that is, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like in my part of like Long Beach, it's kind of like the bougie. You could say bougie, kind of like it's kind of like the smaller part of like long beach where it's very like we have like gated communities they're you know, kind of white or like bougie or whatever i haven't grown up in that lifestyle where i was like i needed to like act like a different way just because i'm from a certain part of the city 
And that's, you know, a privilege to me to, like, be able to say that. If I know, like, I'm approaching someone who's kind of, like, had that kind of thing, but they're in, like, a group where they're all kind of jokingly doing it or, like, they have that kind of, like, code switch, I guess. Take a sip. Take a sip. What I was saying is that, like, if it's in a certain group where it's kind of, like, not expected, but, like, it's kind of a, a usual to act that way, then I'll, I'll, kind of, I'll kind of, like, play into it. Like, I won't have, like, the vernacular, like, the way that people talk. I won't gentrify that kind of thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, like, I've always just kind of, like, talked like this. And even when I'm in front of someone meeting for the first time, I'm still just, like, I'm this. I try not, like, not even try. I just don't, like, try to, like, switch, like, all in that single second like oh like what's up i'm aya like <laughs> du, 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 you know <laughs> like, when you're faking it we can tell we can tell stop being two-faced the thing i'm wondering <laughs> is that like that the whole code switching i mentioned like i know i do it with students um and i don't know I'm, i question what some students think if like if they see it this, this, is, this has got to be in person right but um or maybe even on Zoom, I don't know. But depending on who I'm talking to, I change a little bit of tone and vernacular. Um, and it, it's typically between black and brown kids and then not. And also because when those students talk to me, they're also talking to me with a certain, you could even say accent or words. And I'm just like, I know that they're going to understand me better if I talk <laughs> in, in their language. Um, and so I'm wondering, like, do I have it, I've yet for a student to be like, oh, like Mr. B is being racist because he's talking to me this way. Um, but I think most of them are just like, oh, I feel a lot more comfortable because I can approach this guy. He's not, he's not gonna be like a hard ass about what I'm saying to him. I can actually talk to him feeling comfortable enough, and the kid doesn't have to code switch. Would you say like the way that you are able to code switch or use certain vernacular, or, like the way that you talk to certain like black brown students, like it's advantageous for you to also be like Asian, like brown person, like to be able to talk to them like that versus like. A white teacher yes i think if it was a white teacher though in grad school we spent a lot of time talking about code switching and how to you know create a space for black and brown students make sure that they feel safe i'm sure there's well there's got to be like hundreds of you know white allies in that sense who try to make a safe space but then at the same time i think that's part of them reflecting on anti-racist things to be like yo i i cannot say a word after every sentence or I think them on their own, they have to figure that out. For me, I still feel uncomfortable with it sometimes because I know I'm from Fremont. I know I didn't grow up in the city. That was a really difficult part about going through my internship when I was in San Francisco was the school that I was at. <gasps> Daddy Dad, do you have something to say, Nico? Such a okay. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> She's no microphone shy. <laughs> But the, the neighborhood that I was in within San Francisco, I was like, these kids grow up on the streets. Like, a lot of them were already drug dealers in gangs. And, you know, they would ask me about, like, oh, what's your favorite spot here? Or, you know, what do you like to do out here? I'm like, I even live in the Richmond, so I can't even tell you. I think it is, I don't know if it's advantageous, but I think I do have a leg up just being a person of color and my age. Um, but sometimes I don't even feel comfortable. I wonder... I don't exactly know what imposter syndrome is entirely, but sometimes I wonder, I'm like, am I playing myself here uh, when <laughs> I'm doing this? Mm. You know, am I even being my authentic self? But I'm I'm not coming in with, well, I don't know if you said intentions don't matter, but I'm not coming in with the intention of uh, lying to them. I just want to make them feel more comfortable and create a space with them. And, and I think the, the thing that follows suit with that is I don't stop doing that because it has become a part of my personality. I know that 
to create a safe space. Um, I'm gonna continue talking to them in this way. I'm not just making, I'm not just pulling stuff out of my ass. Like they know, if if the kids knew I was being fake, I think they would have said something about it by now, I think. It's funny, because if we're on the topic of code switching, um, that's really kind of a thing we gotta live with when it comes to um, in a job, like environment. Like, uh, you just can't be yourself. Not because it's not a good thing to be yourself. Obviously, you want to be yourself. But sometimes in terms to protect your background, you kind of have to act a little more professional, even if it's in a group with people that you know and are affiliated and mutual with. But now you're in a work setting. I, t I tell this a lot of the times to, like, coworkers I used to work at, like, my other part-time jobs. I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you, like, as I, I would play a supervisor role and I would only be hard on people that I'm cool with because it's just my job. You know, don't take it, don't take it to heart. Outside of work, we can do whatever we want because it's not under that, in, it's not that situation. So when people think that I'm doing it personally, they, they think I'm attacking them because, oh, why are you like this at work? You know, you're never like this in like real, in like outside of that. And I'm like, Exactly. I am not like that at work because I'm trying to keep my job the same way I'm trying to help you out keep your job. But that doesn't mean that I'm not friends with you or that I'm not cool with you. It's just that there's places, there's times where there is to be able to act a certain way. But you don't see me going to my job and like acting a fool, uh, not following dress code, uh, cussing every other word in my sentences. Like course you got to be a little different when you're at work because you're also dealing with clients or students or customers that don't see you that way and if they do see you that way it could be an issue where they might hit up management or even worse the HR and so if it gets to that point then you're losing your job just because you're being yourself now obviously that's bad to hear in that perspective but sometimes you got to change a slight tweak or just have a little bit of some awareness on like where you may be at. Let's just be real. Business like vernacular is because you have to cater to like being in a white business. That's it. End of story. Like having to talk like very professionally like, hi, I'm Aya, welcome to HR, how can I help you? It is very, <laughs> yes. Did you work in HR? Oh, I, I, I think I did work in HR. <laughs> so it, it's very, it's you're catering towards white people all of the time. And if that is, as as someone who, like, learned business is also working in HR, like, it's just expected thing. And I don't really, like, follow right now there's change in that sort of aspect of what is expected within your business setting. I know that it's it differs from, like, like company to company, but in general, it's always you have to be very pristine, very eloquent, very non-BIPOC sounding, let's be real. I kind of wanted to bring up the the idea. I, we touched upon it like a few times and but like there there's a lot of advantages of being a man instead of being a woman. We've we've talked about it a little bit, but we've had some people shout out to you Sarah. Saw you recently. We as like women have experienced a lot of things where it's like you can't help but think like fuck this if i was a man this wouldn't have happened or it would have like happened differently especially like with safety it's a whole thing how do you think 
<laughs> it'll take a while for me to come up with like more specific things but like i also kind of want to talk a little bit more about like the code switching and stuff mm-hmm. and like i think aya um i also want to ask you like this as a woman like i feel like whenever i'm with other girls i always am very mindful of myself to pass to pass the bechdel test do you know what that is mm-hmm. so like it's a test you usually see it like in movies if two women are in like a scene together and it's just the two of them and they're having a conversation you pass the bechdel test if those two women are not talking about another man and the percentage of of those two women talking not talking about a man is very very low and so like i've i've noticed that like whenever i'm like i guess like more like with girlfriends i always notice that like our conversation will turn into about like guys or like relationships and whatnot and i feel like there's always a part of me where i'm always just kind of like damn like really because then it turns into like conversation of just like you know how are you gonna get your crush or like how are you gonna look today or like Mm -hmm. you know how are you doing your makeup or like you know did you did you did you call him today did he text you and just like i feel like guys don't talk about that as much or care about that as much i'm not sure but yeah it's just really interesting to me because like i feel like with like i don't know i feel like sometimes you may not want to talk about that as much or like if i'm like talking with like i don't know i run into a girl at the club or something that's like the first thing they'll like talk to me about it's just like you know who are you with or it's just like you trying to find anyone tonight and it's just like what if i just want to have a good time yeah (laughs) you know yeah i agree i personally don't really like think about that but if I were to think about it right now, like, yeah, a lot of my conversations tend to lead to having to talk about a boy. Especially, I mean, I, I can't front. Like, sometimes I feel the need to because I'm in a relationship with a boy. And they, they <laughs> you know, they they know him. And they'll probably ask about him. <laughs> ask about him. I'm said boy. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't notice. I don't know, like, for, I guess it's a very, like, hetero-dominant type of thing where people expect that you will be able to bond with another person because of a relation with a man. It, you know, it is what it is. Unless, I know, like, maybe, like, radical feminists are, like, so, like, I'm not talking about a man, like, right now. Don't bring it up. I, I know, like, some radical feminists are, like, very like that. Just to kind of answer from my perspective as a guy, maybe, in, like, in the same setting, like, you go out with your girlfriend, same way as a guy goes out with your guy friend, girls are asking you about you know your your crushes and like oh what are you gonna wear or like what is your you you trying to find somebody tonight from a guy's perspective it's like the look is kind of the least of our (laughs) of our priority and if it is about looks we're most likely going to just be rocking like some expensive clothing because guys expensive clothing looks garbage half the time but it doesn't matter because if it's, if it's got the brand, then you got you got the money. And if you got the money, then apparently that's would be an attraction factor. But a lot of guys would just be like, oh, you know, you go to a club. Genuinely, I go to a club just because I just want to get lit. But guys, same way girls ask, are you trying to find someone? Guys will be like, who are you trying to get with? And a lot of the times it's just like, man, I can't just, can't just go to a bar or can't go to a club just to do the intended activity. I go to a bar so I can drink, or I go to a club so I can dance and sing and be drunk. But <laughs> um, 
Like, I can't do intended activities because there's underlying mindsets, like how guys think, oh, if, if it's a co-ed location, guys got to go after the girl. I mean, shit, you're going to be drinking. Everyone's going to be drunk. No one's really going to be thinking correctly. So just enjoy it by securing the bag. And then girls are like, oh, be careful or be wary of that. But also, if you are intending to look for a guy, go get your mans. And it's almost like, okay, so what do you want me to do? You want me to protect myself or do you want me to just catch catch, catch something? You know what I mean? And on top of that, guys in casual conversation outside of outgoing stuff, I'll be honest. I don't think anybody will ever bring up to me anything about talking about girls unless there's somebody in the group in a relationship. If you're not in a relationship, we're not going to bring it up because Mostly my conversations center around what happens in sports <laughs> and what happens in video games because that's my two things that literally happen 90% of the time within the gr- friend groups that I'm in. You, you know why I brought up Avery? It's because tend to when I bring like talk to people and they know me, they're like, oh, where's Avery? And it's like instant. And I was like, not, not that like I frown upon them. Obviously, he's like part of my life. Like I can't, people can't just not ask about him. Like. If you don't ask about him, like, why didn't you? Like, <laughs> he's a he's a great person to talk about. In in terms of in terms of that test, I always lose just because there there's someone present who is annoying. It's kind of related to what I said earlier. You're either in a workspace that's towards white culture or it's towards male culture. You know, so what Bryn was talking about, everything is to is always talking about men or is always talking about white culture. Whatever is the you know most whatever has power. I was thinking about the Pixar short Pearl. I don't know if any of you have seen that, where yeah. it's the ball of yarn, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's literal. It's a literal, visual, art piece on toxic masculinity in the workplace. And Pearl is supposed to represent femininity, and tries to masculate itself, and become like the all the white men in the office, and be like, yeah, sports, and getting drunk, and other things, whatever is stereotypically male in a nine to five job. The the test that you mentioned, Brynn, it's very interesting. Um, I've never thought about that, but there's something that I teach with, like, or there's this thing with the theory of feminism, gender, and sexuality, and it specifically looks, the literary theory, English specifically, is looking at what if we take the, the female gaze instead of the male gaze? Because when you look at a film, look at how things are shot. Is the woman being sexualized, or is she actually being shot for being a woman, um, for being her own character, kind of like what you're saying with that conversation? Or is it for the male gaze? Are they sexualizing her? What is it? Even from the man's side, is it for the man himself, or are they, um, or is it from the man's side looking at the woman? It, it's kind of how when uh, I instantly thought of how Harley Quinn was portrayed between Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, and it was bec- it was between a male director and a female director, right? Yeah. And it was like in Suicide Squad, like she was she was like showing off, like she was super sexualized, all over. And then in Birds of Prey, like, she was able to be herself, her own quirky self, as she should be, because she's Harley Quinn. And it was more about the action and being, like, around, like, powerful women and shit like, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, fuck. <laughs> and, like, I didn't I watch the movie, but I do know that there was, like, this one clip of the movie that was, like, going viral on Twitter. And I think it was, like, a fight sequence. And I think Harley, like, talked to, like, one of the other girls and, like, offers, like, a hair tie. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that, and I was like... That actually makes so much sense, because if you look at, like, DC movies, if you look at Marvel movies, girls, they're, like, fighting with, like, their hair down, and they're not, 
that makes no sense. Yeah. You know, like you play sports, you're going to have your hair out out of your face as much as possible. And I was like, I don't know why, but like seeing like someone offer someone a hair tie, like in a movie, why was that considered so revolutionary? <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, why is that revolutionary when it's something so normalized? It's yeah. like, why can't we normalize that more? Or why can't we celebrate little things like that more? Um, whatever, I don't know, I can't or, think of a specific thing. Or not even celebrate, just normalize. Yeah. Fuck the male gaze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, obviously, as a guy, I have less things to worry about when going out. I mean, I see it a lot because I have an older sister. And since I was in high school, I've obviously known the difference between how my parents react when I go out to a party or I go with friends versus how my sister wants to go out and go with friends. With me, it's just like, okay, just let us know when you come back. Or make sure you just have your phone, wallet, and keys. Have fun. Don't do anything stupid. Kind of very lenient. Just like, all right, just go do your thing, but don't get arrested or get killed. And I'm like, okay. So then I'll text them when I'm on my way home. Or it'll be like super late in the night, and I'll just be like, yeah, I don't want to wake them up. So I'll just call them whenever I feel like it. My sister, on the other hand, it's like, who are you with? Where are you going to? Why are you going there? Are there people that we know? I would rather you just not go. Why do you have to go? Is it important? Is it like, is there a guy there? Are you going to be home at a certain time? Are you staying over? Like, what, what's going on? Those ask so many questions to my sister to the point where she just kind of just goes, you know what? I'm just going to stay home. And it's frustrating for her to even even bring up the idea that she wants to go out. She'll have a boyfriend, which she does. And she's like, my boyfriend, somebody that I've been close with for years and know their family, I'm going to go on a small outing with them. And they will literally still question the crap out of her as in like, so what are you going to do? Where are you going to go afterwards? Are you even going to come home? They literally would interrogate the shit out of her over something so minute as getting food with her boyfriend. Where I could just, I could literally just say, yeah, I'm going to go to New York. Don't know when I'll be back. But yeah, love you guys. And I just dip and I can just do whatever I want. And so I noticed that difference. I'm like, damn, I really have that fucking privilege. <laughs> Having two older brothers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it fucking sucks. Like they're they're older, like by four and eight, eight years. They have their own lives and like jobs and shit, and like they they can take care of themselves. But so let's say when they have their their significant others over, one who lives with us, like it's it's entirely okay for them to just say like hi and bye to like my parents, go straight upstairs, and then do their own thing for the rest of the night. Whereas like me. I have to, like, say to the neighbors, say, like, have them say hello, spend time, a long time downstairs with them, and then just be like, okay, we're going to go upstairs now. And they're like, okay, and then go up. Originally, you know, that didn't happen, and then it kind of got to the point where, like, I could bring them up here but leave the door open, and then he'd have to leave before, like, you know, going to bed or whatever. Yeah, it took three years to get to that point, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It took literally no time for my brothers to be able to do that. And now, like, I can have, like, some groceries and stuff like that. Obviously, I can't fucking sleep here because, ugh. I think it's it's different now because I used to sneak out a lot. So now it's, like, my parents know that I like going out. And I'm doing – and when I do go out, like, it's – I tell them where I'm going to go and I'll be with this person. And then now, like, they don't – ask me as much like when i'm gonna come home when it's like super late like 4 30 a.m it's like oh are you gonna come home soon and it's like oh maybe i'm i'm i've gone to the privilege point where it's like i can do go out whenever i want like 
Yes, it took me about <laughs> 21 years. <laughs> so, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, another major difference that I, especially with uh, Sarah, um, even beforehand, uh, there were just certain precautions that I just never took into account, such as when I go out to, like, a club event, multiple girls, I don't really think about, like, having to be on the defensive side most of the time. Because those girls are obviously going to be subject to harassment and other forms of, like, traumatic potential things. So girls always have to carry more than they need. They got to carry the pepper spray. Some even carried butterfly knives and fucking, like, they would carry shit that, you know, if a cop pulled up and tried to confiscate them, they probably would get a fine for it. But they literally do it because it's inevitable, unfortunately that something like that will happen to them if they are, they don't even got to be alone. They just got to be a girl, you know, and they just, they, they will just get targeted immediately. So that I wouldn't notice. So obviously I would always ask like questions of whether or not you're comfortable with doing certain things because it's like, apparently that's not normalized. You can't, Oh, you okay with going to this place? You know, I can't just tell her like, Oh, we're going here. And then like, She'll be super uncomfortable about it. She'll be very voiceful about that. And I'll be like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, being very passive. Like, yeah, don't worry. Like, I'm here. Like, why are you worried? It's like, it doesn't matter if I'm here. It's still going to happen. Um, same same how you were talking about Anime Expo. You know, you're with Avery. And you're not wearing provocative clothing. I don't know if I – oh, I mentioned this on um, the podcast we were on, the Vibe Theory. <laughs> we're, I was talking um, – what is it? They were, they, were, they were talking about like being like girls being like felt up or something yeah. like yeah. that, like, un- like you know, unnecessarily or like yeah. without consent. And it was a story where I went to Anime Expo in 2017 with Avery, and I w- yeah I was wearing a very like I was wearing a flowy to the floor dress. It was everything was like covered, but then while we were walking in a very like traffic area, someone just got like fistful of my ass, and I was like. And in passing, and then I couldn't. We like I felt it, but then I couldn't catch the person because it was so it was so crowded. But yeah, it sucks being felt up without consent. Sucks. Also, other things that I would be would not think twice about before even asking it is asking a girl to go get a drink with you. Like you would think you're just going here to get a drink, but if you're in a setting where there's such people, which is almost everywhere you go, people have drop shit in people in people's drinks that would you know either put them to sleep get them unconscious or just completely fuck them up and unfortunately it happens way too often it's just like is so many things wrong with going out as a girl that me myself i don't even care you know because i don't think that's ever going to happen and as selfish as that sounds for me to say that it's just a reality because i know that girls have to really think five times more than guys when it comes to even probably even getting food you're just you're probably you, or you made a phone order you got to go pick it up at the restaurant and you're probably waiting there like 10 15 minutes and already that is anxiety enough for you to be like anything's gonna happen in these 10 minutes where for me i'm just kind of like i don't give a fuck i'm just gonna pull up wait or time when, whether or not i want to get there get my food get in and get out because who knows if in those 10 or 15 minutes that you're waiting for your food some stranger or group of strangers are just going to pull up on you and just make you feel uncomfortable. There was even a story that I saw about a, and not even that, but there will even be moments where 
guys will seem like they're being nice, but are actually just out for violence. There was a story I saw about a woman, like a grown mother, was purchasing something at a liquor store, and a group of men pulled up on her and offered to pay for her stuff. And the woman said, I appreciate your offer. Didn't even ignore the fact that he was, you know, offering to use his money to pay for her stuff. She was like, I appreciate your offer, but that's okay. I'm going to pay for it myself. Thank you. Literally in the nicest way possible. And what did that result her into getting? She got jumped because the guy got rejected that he couldn't pay for a stranger's stuff. Like shit like that is just like, really? That? You can't even be nice to somebody like passively without them, without you potentially pissing them off to the point where it's like, oh, no, thank you. You don't have to spend your money on me. Well, then they're going to fucking beat you up because you're just being generous to them. You're just like, I'm using my own money. Okay, I can put forward in. Or even at my job, just be like, I would see regular customers that are women will come by and they get their drink. And while they're waiting for it, there will be some random strangers passing by and they try to start a conversation with them. You can clearly tell they're not kind of like there to really talk to somebody inside of a public place. And it's like they won't get the idea and they'll just keep on like, eh, eh. And then obviously me, I just have an, imp- an impulse of just being like, okay, you're ready. And I was just trying to get her out of the situation. Like her shit won't even be ready. I'll just be like, oh, your drink's ready. Okay, here you go. And I'll just give her like some – I would give her an empty cup and just be like, have a great day. And she would understand what I meant by doing that. So she'll take that, walk away, and then the guy will just be like, oh, that sucks. He will walk away. Then she'd come back, and then she'd be like, thank you for that. Or even my coworker, there was, like, some homeless dudes, like, loitering around bathrooms. And my coworker was trying to clock out of her shift. And she had to wait, like, two minutes for the clock to hit, like, 5 o'clock. The dude, he was, like, talking to himself. He was, like, you know, being weird. And her being a woman, she felt uncomfortable being alone with her. So when she saw me come by to the to the to the clock table to also punch out, I was like, "Wait, I'm gonna go punch out real quick." And then, uh, oh no! But even with me coming in to do a quick five second thing, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go clock out so I can go home." She told me she was like, ah, "Please don't leave me alone right now," and I was like. When she said that, I had to, like, look around real quickly, and I just saw, like, the the crazy dude. He was just kind of staring her down, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So then I waited with her until both of us had a clock out, and I let her clock out first so she could just walk out. And then I would just be alone with the homeless dude because I was like, whatever happens to me, I don't care because I – but clearly there's there's some fuck shit when it comes to being a girl and just being outside in general. That even the most simplest, most dumbest reasons will get them in trouble, and it's almost like women don't can't are not even allowed to go outside at this point. Like it's not even about being with people or being with a man or being surrounded or being like armed with something for self defense. You're just gonna get it, and it's like why does that have to be a thing to worry about for y'all specifically? And I think like kind of going off like what both of you guys said like. Sometimes, like, you can run into those, like, different people who may not always seem, like, you know, all there. But sometimes you can find those mentalities even in the most common of people. And it just made me think of, like, I don't know. Just personally, I hate the concept of the chase, especially when it comes to, like, chasing a woman. I feel like that also just, like, plays a whole part in all of this where it's just, like, you got to do everything to, like, earn, like, 
a woman or earn like you know earn a date earn a number whatever so you'll have guys you know trying to talk to you and like for even for that they'll be like hey i came over and talked to you i deserve a number i deserve a date i i paid for your drink no one asked no one asked and it's like you know and like I feel like, I don't know if it's, like, with guys, you know, it's, like, their pride or whatever, but even if a girl is, like, saying, like, no, I'm not interested, immediately they're, like, oh, that's just being, like, hard to get, you know, or they're, like, they just don't want to take, like, a no for an answer, and, like, they'll do whatever they can, because I feel like in their minds it's just, like, trying to, like, earn or, like, chase a woman, you gotta do these certain things and not out of, like, the goodness of their heart, and sometimes, like, that can even, like, be equated to, like, even like a friendship you know if some some dudes will like literally be friends with a girl just to get with them or if they have a boyfriend they're like okay i'm just gonna be your friend and like you know kind of home wreck the situation and then like i'll step in or whatnot and it's just like i hate how like as girls we got to be wary of that like all the time and you never know if there's like an ulterior motive (laughs) you know i once heard stupidest shit from from a dude of how like how they get around like fi- like when girls give them fake numbers when a dude asks for a girl's number and she gives a fake number she'll like he'll read out he'll pretend to read out the fake number that she gave but input like different nu- different numbers into the fake number and then so he'll read it back and then if she says yes then she then you know she's faking it and then if no then she she knew or whatever like, I heard someone say that, and I was just like, are you for real? You're going to go through that length just to make sure that, like, she, she yeah, she gave you a number? You fucked up piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I'm not friends with that guy anymore, but yeah. On a separate side note, because uh, that kind of taps into a philosophical topic of Epicureanism and Stoicism. If you don't know what those terms means, it relates to how guys interact with girls. So being a Stoic means that you do things out of the greater greater good you do it because you intend to be a good person you don't re- you don't expect a reward you don't expect anything in return you do it out of the kindness of your heart that is a stoic person now obviously an epicurean is the opposite epicureanist thinkers believe that you go through the lengths of of completing tasks and doing things for other people because you expect that they'll return the favor in your guys's experiences especially with how guys interact with you, whether you be at a bar and they pay for your drink or they come up to you just because of a small act. It doesn't even need to be asked for. Now, this is more like an extremist Epicurean where they assume the task is offered and they're going to take it and they're going to hope that because they did that, something is going to be returned to them. And Epicureanist thinkers are materialistic. By materialistic, they can also be very objectifying. People, fun fun fact of the day from philosophy. If you're an Epicureanist, you only do things because you expect something in return. Is that a bad thing? Some people may argue that it's not. But in terms of approaching women, I hope your answer is no. Because if a woman is your goal in return for whatever it is, whether you want their number whether you want their time, whether you want sex with them, if they say no, just take the L and leave. Because you're only gra- you're only digging your grave deeper if you continue to pursue this returning of favor when the clear answer was already, you're not getting anything for this. 
you just did this out of yourself. You think you're being stoic about it, but you're really being an Epicurean because you expect this in return. That unlocked like a memory where in one of my classes in high school, there was this dude who he, I found out, lived somewhere near my house. And I would ask him for a ride sometimes after after school just because, like, you know, one time he offered and then because he found out I lived around him. And mainly because I used to do his homework for him or, like, projects for him or assignments or whatever. And I thought my form of payment would be me doing his homework, which is I'm, – I'm fine. Like, I made money off of, like, doing p- other people's homework. I was – fortunately, I was that type of person. But at some point, like, he – he asked me, like, when he, he was about to drop me off, but when he would stop me, and he's like, hey, as payment, w- can you kiss me? <sighs> and I was like, one, ew, and two, d- I have a boyfriend. You know I have a boyfriend. Like, what the fuck? Why are you asking? Uh, <sighs> I don't talk to that dude either, but I knew a lot of shit dudes. I doubt he's listening, but fuck you. <laughs> Avery, you have anything to say? I mean, I, I'm just going to say that, like, I'm a little bitch. <laughs> Because I'm just scared of everything. I think in general, like, just as a child, I always, like, check behind my shoulder or, or I act certain ways just because I'm afraid of, like, everything. I think also my family may be afraid of everything. Just being so young, it's like, you might, oh, maybe that's part of it too. You might die because of your condition. So you don't eat this. Don't do that. Uh, even mm-hmm. if it's just, like, don't mm-hmm. play in the driveway because you might get hit by a car. Or in the 90s, you might get kidnapped. You don't know who those people are. There's a lot of protective nature around, you know, me and my cousins and just growing up like that so it wasn't too shocking to understand or it wasn't so hard to understand why women in general need to protect themselves because it's just being fearful of everything um you know because unfortunately i have to live in that world uh and think like that all the time and now i know i don't think to the extent of what you two might have to or any other woman that has to protect themselves like what mario is describing but i am somebody who does get in my car and i lock it um i do you know look behind me or i do be aware of my surroundings but in terms of experiences of my male privilege playing out like I, I spoke about this the other night after my grad classes it would i didn't have a car yet and so i would take the bus out to my transfer and my transfer was never going to come because it's already like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night uh, since my grad classes are so late and so i still had about you know over maybe like a three mile walk or something uh, just to get back to my apartment because if you know where the Presidio is in San Francisco, it's kind of close to the Golden Gate Bridge, and I was by Golden Gate Park, mm-hmm. so I still had to walk. I could wait, but the bus was going to come in 90 minutes, and I was like, I could get home in 20 if I walk. As a young man, I was lucky enough. I was still scared to do it, you know, being out in the middle of the night. Luckily, the Richmond District is not unsafe neighborhood. You know, there was no one really around me while I was walking around. There isn't a high density of homeless population over there. It's not like the Tenderloin or anywhere downtown. Um, so I was able to walk home at ease. Uh, eventually, I got like a penny board or a scooter, same thing. But would I be able to do that as a young woman? I mean, you could, but probably not safely. You know, how, how much more scared would either of you have been if uh, you had to walk back to the beach house? Right, that's essentially what I was doing. I was walking that distance um, to go home because I couldn't. <laughs> I didn't want to wait till midnight to get home. Uh, when we were on the Vibe Theory podcast, one of... Uh, our friends, he was talking about how after a concert, he just walked home from downtown all the way back to California Street where his apartment is in the Richmond. And it's just like, cool, he was able to do that, but like, women can't do that. Um, you know, and a guy just being able to stroll down the street, I'm, I didn't have to think about all the little things you have to think about just to protect yourself. Of course, like I mentioned, I was fearful. I was always looking at my surroundings. 
but it's different still because I'm at the end of the day I'm a guy and people probably might not jump me because I'm a guy mm. uh, I could have been targeted differently just be like, oh he looks skinny and um, frail and I don't know vulnerable so yes let's go for it but probably mug him yeah maybe in that case but but very unlikely yeah mm. and that's the sad part is that in this day of age a lot of people like to like on social media spread we need to teach women how to avoid these dangers but like in reality it's more like we got to teach guys how to not be like that because because it's not the it's not the woman's fault that they got to deal with this stuff it's guys allowing guys to be guys or boys being boys is what's affecting these women in everyday life and if if guys have a problem with how women approach them, then maybe they should change their approach on how they go against women. PSA, stop victim blaming women. Men, stop being rapists or sexual harassers or sexual assaulters. Stop being shit. Thank you. Yeah. And no means no. And just because a woman doesn't say no, that does not equal a yes. Like We have to teach boys at a young age. And we can still teach people today, whether they're young or old, that they have to we all have to undo this, you know, this toxic masculinity. I'm not saying this in a devil's advocate sense, but just on a flip side, you know, there are things that men face as well. Um, on the Genius Brain podcast, there was an episode, I forgot his name, but uh, Chris hosts his dad, mm-hmm. uh, where he talked about his experience of, you know, being abused in his marriage. Um, there are things that I've experienced, and it, of course, it's not to the extreme of what I, anyone has mentioned in this episode so far, but like I've been, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't get jobs because of my gender. Outright, I didn't get interviews. People told me, like, oh, no, we want to hire a girl. I'm like, or, oh, I, I thought you were a girl when I walked into the interview. Like, we wanted a girl to work here. I'm like, uh, specifically boba shops. You know, I know that's not a big deal. But, um, or in, in the... Um, that's toxic. Yeah, that is toxic. It's toxic um, because they want to sexualize girls and to, be, to bring in customers. To bring in customers. love to see it. Um, you know, and... Other spaces, uh, I w- as I've mentioned before, I'm a teacher. Going through college, a lot of my classes are uh, female-dominated. And so there is a lot of, I guess you could say, sexism in that sense towards me. I was the minority. And so it taught me a lot because I'm like, I need to empathize with what I'm feeling because this is what these women go through every day. And I just so happen to be a minority in an English major and a teaching program and also one of the few males that happens to be Asian because there's like no Asians in it, English and teaching <laughs> field. But there's some things that I've experienced and it's not as extreme, but I also just want to put out there like, yes, to the point of men being needing to be vulnerable. We are not saying these things for like no means no or um, you know undoing on toxic masculinity to silence you. We're asking you to speak up because we're asking you to be vulnerable and process what you're going through because that's also undoing toxic masculinity as well. But you should also not be a rapist and an assaulter and everything else that everyone has mentioned. Also, on, on top of that, when, when bringing up that men do go through experiences, yes, that is, that's a given. Like, there, everyone has experiences of their own, and that includes men. But when men use the term, but men get raped too, or men go through this too, if you're using it as a response to silence a woman's when they're vocalizing their experience then you're an asshole if you're using it as an argument why are you using it as an argument you're using it's a given especially when people are victims of assault you know all this stuff like you're using it they they know they know 
ev- that people go through other people go through these these things but you you're using it as an argument because you wanted to shut that sh- you want them to shut up and that's so it's so you're such an asshole like i've seen so many arguments where men will be like but men nya, 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 too like obviously but don't use it to shut me up asshole like <laughs> the fuck? when you put it that way it just made me think of like even the whole like black lives matter movement black lives matter well white lives matter too the exact thing like no shit the reason why we're saying black lives matter the reason why we're having you know we're asking for people to speak up or undo toxic masculinity is because right now that is the problem that is where we're seeing the injustice for example let's say if you know if men get raped too i'm i'm just thinking like you don't really hear about it as much but if a girl gets you know raped or assaulted suddenly it's everyone's fucking business Mm -hmm. everyone loves to talk about it are they going to get the same justice as maybe like a woman who assaults a man probably not and all at that point all we're asking for is just you know equity and equality at that point at that point I think there was a case in a interview that I saw on YouTube that went viral a couple weeks ago, and it was a guy voicing that he was sexually assaulted by a male individual that had Down syndrome, and the people that interviewed him literally just laughed. Could you imagine? Like, the guy said that he, in a serious tone, like, he did not mean to be funny, like, oh, yeah, a Down syndrome kid sexually assaulted me, and they just started busting out laughing and like what's funny about that and it's like oh it's not funny it's not funny it's just you just can't say that and i'm like why can't i say that it happened why does it have to be funny because the kid had down syndrome what if it was a woman with down syndrome would you still laugh you know what i mean it's like it's a trauma and then people just take it as it is and it's like well it's not the guy raping woman narrative it's it's a guy being from somebody with a mental disability but as a guy, and I'm just like, dude, that's so funny. You're taking two L's in one. I'm like, that's not the point. I don't know why you gotta. I don't know why you gotta justify something that is serious just because it's not the typical narrative. And even if it isn't the typical narrative, why does why make the person feel any worse than they already feel about that situation? You know? Why do certain disabilities qualify like or make it make the person less of a person? And that. And that person less likely to do horrible acts. They're 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 people, like people with disabilities are people too, in both a good and a bad way. Like they're everyone is can have a straight shot to hell all equally. I also want to do like a PSA, if ever like you're a girl and you're like talking to like a guy or whatever, and a guy is like talking you know about like you know I'm working to like dismantle my own toxic masculinity within myself. I'm trying to change my behaviors. Do not be so impressed with that and be like, oh, he's so woke. Oh, my God. He's so amazing. The bar is so fucking low. That should just be human decency. Like, we shouldn't be giving so much credit just to be normal. normal. And it can't just be, like, such a rare thing that we have to praise men for not objectifying women, for not seeing them always in a sexualized sense. Just being, like, a good fucking person that should i don't know that should be something that you know i would hope to is kind of expected of a lot of people 
So just like, you know, don't get so caught up on it, in it just because it's so rare. It kind of sucks that it's so rare and you can like appreciate them for it, but don't think like they're the best thing that ever happened, you know. Bottom line is don't allow toxic masculinity to continue if you see it happening within a group of friends family or even in the job place or just anywhere um, obviously there's certain uh envelopes you don't want to push all the way obviously if it's not in your place uh to throw yourself in danger don't but be aware that those people need to also be checked and they need to like realize that what they just did is not cor morally correct and they should not repeat that again and if they have a complaint about people accusing them of something that they did, oh, it was just one time, or oh, it was just a joke, or oh, I'm just playing, why are you taking it so seriously? For some people, that's a reality. You can't choke a reality when it's actually happening. So check up on your guys. Please make sure they're not continuing this shit. Well, I guess that wraps up the this episode of Wine Thursday. In person! <laughs> Yay! This probably won't happen again for a while, so <laughs> check us out on YouTube, Spotify, join our Discord. All the links are below. Check out our previous podcast episodes. They're really good. Some of them have guests in it. I shouted them out in the middle of this podcast already, but check out our friend's podcast on Twitch called The Vibe Theory on I Am Joshy Joshy's Twitch channel. So that's I A M. J-O-S-H-I-J-O-S-H-I With Kevin. Yeah. So, with that, thanks. We miss you, Jess. We miss you, Jess. Miss you, Jess. Miss you. Later. <laughs>